0: Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. And boy, I'm saying welcome. You know what I found out this morning? I came to do the show, and I realized I did not write up the show yesterday. I must have skipped that part in the morning. So I just wrote it up like with no description or anything. I just put it up so fast just to get the lines open. So, wow, I'm already starting the morning running. So that's very, very cool. And today is Questions Friday. And I put up a quote yesterday that not everybody understood, but it blew up my mailbox. And it was a quote, and I'm going to read it to you. It's, It's like pretty far down it was yesterday morning and it said the narcissist routine love bombing manipulation devaluation remain in place until the removal of the relationship one of the people just put question mark question mark because they didn't even understand the quote and I thought lucky them that they didn't understand the quote because they never had to find out about narcissism or what what it entails. And if there's a syndrome of our time or a biggest red flag of our time, it's that we have kind of become a narcissistic um, protocol of how to do things like, you know, me first and address my my issues first. But That's not narcissism. So we think we're talking about it when it's there. But narcissism is very different. Narcissism is an entire different operating system. And that's what I want to make sure that it's clear. Because narcissism, easy to make fun of people. It's easy to say, oh, well, they're just narcissistic, and then we discard, right? But there's certain things that are true about that personality that if you don't know it, you are going to bang your head against the wall because you will not understand the operating system. And the operating system is one that is pure with no hiccups in between it and the person. Not one different line of thinking. Let me give you an example. Let's say a man, and let's say he's the one that's narcissistic. Both he and his girlfriend go to a party. And he sees another man talking to his girlfriend. A normal guy would feel a little threatened. He'd be like, oh, wow, that guy's really good looking, and my girlfriend's talking to him what if she likes him? What if, you know, why is she talking to him? And all those kinds of thoughts start coming into play, right? That would be a normal reaction. Or if a girl saw her her boyfriend slash husband, whoever her partner is, talking to a beautiful woman. But then you would say, ah, but we have history and we love each other and whatever's outside of our lives is going to come and go, but we're always here. So you have that kind of self-talk, right? Let's say the partner was narcissistic. Do you know what they would think? You'd never guess unless you were. They would get jealous of the fact that you're talking to a really good-looking man. But not because they're worried about losing you to him. They would be jealous that you got more attention from someone that was good-looking than they did. you see the difference? It was all about them. It had nothing to do with you. They've already devalued you. They feel that they've done their job, that you don't feel like you're worth anything. So they're not worried that you're going to take anyone over them. That's not their worry. They're worried is that you are getting more attention than they are. Another example, a guy. He knows he has a beautiful girlfriend. So now he wants to show her off. The girlfriend thinks, wow, he really likes me. He's introducing me to everyone that he knows. He doesn't care about the people I know, but he's so proud of me when he is introducing me to people he knows. Literally, they went on a trip to another state to meet his best friend and his wife. And they go to meet him. They're all eating lunch. And the girlfriend got along really, really well with the couple. And they're asking her questions. And and, and everything he told them that he bragged about her to them about, they were asking her about. And while they were asking her, turned around and looked at her and goes, boy, aren't you a chatty Cathy? He put her down. And she said she was taken so aback by that. So aback by that. That it ruined the rest of her time there. And once he shut her down like that, She, instead of paying attention to what was going on around her, was trying to not be the chatty Cassie so he would have nothing to hold on her. And it all went back to she was getting more attention than he was. Do you see the different operating systems? It's normal situations that you would think are good situations, like, wow, you know, he's introducing me, or wow, we're at a party together, and I'm talking to this great person, and, and you know, my boyfriend slash husband slash whoever isn't even jealous of that, but you don't know that that's why. So then you think it's jealousy, Like real jealousy, not jealousy for themselves that they're not getting as much attention as you are. But if you think of every single thing that happens as going back to them and it has nothing to do with you, all you are is a plug-in. You plug into their life. A very good telling sign for you to start seeing if you're in the wrong place. So the person who put the question mark, I was like, whoa, yay. You never had to deal with that, that weird feeling of something is so off because they know it's off. I think the other day we talked about it, and I read you that part about what a narcissist said about themselves. I don't care about what you're talking about, and I never will. Unless the conversation has anything to do with me, back to them, I really – I really am not interested. And if you want to talk to me about me and about my behavior, Trump, so that I can recontrol the situation. And the tantrum may or may not have to do with what we're even talking about. But just know at the end that you will be accused of something. Doesn't matter what it is, fill in the blank. You'll be accused of something by the end of this conversation, and I will leave you spinning. And then once you're unstable, I will feel stable. But when you feel stable, I will be unstable. When you are happy, I will be unhappy because my job is to make sure that I am always on top because I've never been on top before. And when I was younger, nobody paid attention to me or loved me. Nobody paid attention to my sensitivities. So I packed those guys away a long time ago. And now I answer to my ego. And you, you know, ego has a great entrance plan, but it doesn't have an exit plan. So when people leave, the guy or the girl, whoever it is, keeps re-auditioning, right? They keep coming back and wooing you. They go into the love bombing stage that we talked about, that I put in that quote that just was like, oh my gosh, I get that now. But they'll go back and re-audition and you would think, wow, they loved me all that time. Look at all this attention I'm getting. I didn't get this kind of attention in the relationship. Well, the minute you go back, it's going to be the same thing over again. Because now they're going to think, wow, they fell for it again. See, I am a master manipulator. I can get anything I want to do again. And you will be devalued again. It's just a matter of time. It's just that when a feeling person that comes from a different operating system is different than a feeling person that comes from a different operating so it is like when Christ said it's either going to be black or white it's either going to come from love or not love-based those will be the two languages we speak it's either a love-based language or an ego-based language Now you're both speaking two languages, and the two languages do not understand each other, and that's where the problem is. That's where the problem is. Now, if you're both narcissists, and you are together, and let's say there's some psychopathic-type behavior going on in the relationship, those two people, whether they're two friends or they're partners, they can commit crimes together. They will be the people that there's no conscience involved. So they can say, oh, we're going to go rob that jewelry store. We're going to go rob that that, um, that store over there. Or we're going to go tag a city with our spray cans. Or we're going to go and just hurt people because there's no empathy. And when they all get together, there's a group of people with no empathy. So they can do the stuff that we go, how could somebody do that? Who wakes up in the morning and thinks that this is what they're going to do today? And that's why that can happen, because they are drawing, drawing from the rating system. It's like they have a different computer in, in, the head, in their head. And it's only dangerous if that person has that capacity to hurt others, because they will. You will find that if you are in a situation where you're going to make a decision and you have a red flag about someone, like you're ready to make a business decision with that person, or you're gonna take them on as a friend, or as a partner, or you see your child with somebody who possesses these characteristics, and, you, and, and the reason we talk about it is for awareness, that you have awareness early on, that you point out the differences to yourself as to how you both look at a situation blew me away the most was the the jealousy of the fact that the girlfriend's talking to a great handsome guy and he's not even threatened. He's just pissed. He's upset. He's upset that he wasn't getting more attention than she was. That tells you a lot. That's that sliding door. So to all of those questions I got, like Oh, my God, I don't know how I didn't see it for so many years. None of us did because it wasn't out in the open yet. But there's something about origins of truth when you read it that it starts to show you the difference between a feeling, a person who has empathy and a person who doesn't, and how the interactions play out. Because that's the missing ingredient, is the emphasis. So one of the questions I got, are, are narcissists more likely to throw temper tantrums when they can't control you in a situation? Are they? Yes. A narcissistic temper tantrum is a fascinating thing when you see it happen barest for the narcissist not for yourself because after a while anyone who's had to deal with that personality that lacks empathy it becomes very predictable because ego is predictable it's not like ego has that many tricks up its sleeve and it's very apparent and they have no idea how goofy it looks and how right and how wrong they are when there's an uncontrollable situation. What they think is right is that they're deflecting. But after a while, you start to see that. So it's actually what's wrong with the situation, but they think they've done their job. When a narcissist cannot control a situation or a person you will see a meltdown or a full-blown collapse, skyrocket. And this just brought to mind once I had um, Thanksgiving at my house, which I do pretty much every year. And this was maybe 10 years ago. And my ex-husband, who I love, I love to pieces, but I have to keep him at arm's length, otherwise I'm subject to the behaviors that we're talking about. And because I know that, because I'm aware of that, even though he may not have empathy per se, I have it for him. I do feel that for him because I get it. saw how much he suffers emotionally because of things like not being able to feel what other people feel. I think he's really smart. I think he's giving when it makes him feel good, but at least he tries. He fights it in his own way. He knows something's up, but he fights it. And at times it breaks my heart that this has been his life. But it's not my job, my choice. I cannot control, and I don't need to control what anybody else goes through. But a great example of it was, he was invited to my house for Thanksgiving because I did not want him to not have anywhere to go. That would have bothered me. So everything's fine two, three weeks in advance. And everyone's coming in the day of. I can't remember what his demand was, but he called me and he said. I can't remember. I wish I could remember what it was he wanted. But it was like throwing a bone out just to kind of hijack the day. Said to him, if you feel that way and you're going to come and we're all going to focus on that issue because of you, don't come. Because I want to enjoy today and I don't want it to be about you. There's a lot of people coming And I want it to be about everyone, not whatever. I can't remember what it was. I wish I could. I'll probably remember after the show. But whatever it is that you think you need from today. This is before I knew all of this stuff. I just knew because we have a a name for it now, like a full-on name. It's called NPD. It even has its own acronym now. And had we had that awareness before, we could have cut through the chase instead of, you did this to me, because they don't care. That's why the people keep repeating themselves. Really interesting. But when I said that, it, it realigned us. I gave him clear directions. Don't come. I was rejecting The ego. I I know it was inside of him, but I was rejecting the ego. And he came. And he brought desserts, really good ones. They were fun. And he participated with us. And he had a really good time. And I fed his ego. I, I paid attention to him. I didn't know I was feeding it, but to him, the things that I think are nothing are big to him. But I didn't know at the time that the attention he was getting was all he needed. And because he got that from me, it kind of shut it down. And he was fine. And he left a little early, like he always does, anywhere he goes, because he gets uncomfortable when people start getting a little mushy. And thanking each other for stuff. Once he gets paid, he's like, okay, good. I've, I got my fill. I can go home now. But I do have compassion for this because it's hard. It's not easy to have that other operating system. Just like Christ said in Origins of Truth about a catalyst is a catalyst is a catalyst. Before I knew what the word narcissism was, I called it shelf life. You have a shelf life. Your relationships last, it's it's like one to five years unless the person just totally laid down and gave up. And then they'll stay with you for a lifetime and just let you run everything and cut them up and say bad things about them. But for the most part, we have a survival instinct. And when we run against ego, we fight that ego. And then once you start hitting your head against the wall, someone's like, geez, I want my life back. Where did my life go? What just happened here? And they start reclaiming their lives. So that's what that quote meant. And I realized, and one of the reasons why I wanted just to address it, blanket, flat-out address it, is that a narcissist just cannot get far enough outside of themselves to see the reality of what they're doing. They hang on to their position. They they get this grip, you know, and they're on the edge of the building, and they are not going to let go. And no amount of reasoning can ever break through that mindset, and you will start to bang your head against a wall. I lived with this mindset, not understanding it for 14 years. Say, wow, every three months this happens. Wow, every time I'm happy this happens. And what happened to me as a human being was I was reacting to pure ego fighting me from the outside in every single day of my life. There was nothing I could do right. I couldn't dress myself. I couldn't do the wash right. I couldn't cook right. I couldn't. And if somebody said something nice about me, he said, "Ah, oh, yeah, but she only does that when people are around. I can only say how shocked I was when I would hear the comments. They were so far away from anything I could have come up with. And I couldn't understand, because neither of my parents had those characteristics, I could not understand how anyone could say that about their spouse. And instead of dying under it, because it was killing me, but I didn't die, I was dying because of him. I'm here today talking to you. So I don't look at it as poor me. I'm thankful I lived with him. I am thankful I got to see how hard it is for somebody whose love has been injured that early on in life and how they splinter off into survival mode of him. Because I I have to say, they say they don't really love anyone but themselves. I know he loves me. I can feel it until today. And I do love him. And I will forever. But when we don't address an illness or we don't have the tools yet to break the code of how to help a narcissistic soul, it's really hard to live with them because it's a torture, man. It's, it's a torture on so many levels. Because of Him, I turned to God in the middle of the night and started asking God questions like how could how could a man have kids, a wife, and money and everything we say we want and still not be happy? I couldn't figure that out. That was like my question of the day every day, and every day I'd wake up and try harder and think. You know, oh, well, he'll appreciate this. But I found something out. He loved having dinner parties. Over, he was happy. He was, like, proud of me at times, proud of his kids because people were complimenting him about his family. I didn't know that that's what was actually on a conscious level going on. I just built a biological rhythm to that happiness that would show up when other people were around and he was getting that kind of attention. And then the minute they left, it was a lights went out in the house. That was crazy to me. So I knew I had, if I worked all day and I ran to Costco and bought all the ingredients and I came home and I made this great dinner for everybody, it made him feel like he was normal. Do you want to know what happened in my marriage? We were having dinners three or four times a week. I worked hard for those happy moments until I wore out. Maria asks in the chat, Nadia, if a narcissistic personality's persons, souls come back to earth, will they be narcissistic again? Not unless they choose to. Because we choose what we're going to come here and learn. And for some reason, you know, this personality exists. So I know that it, I know it's going to sound crazy to say this, but it's, it's part of the mix. It's from God. They came here to teach other people something. And thank you for bringing that up, Maria, because that's one of the ways I look at it. Like, wow, they sure chose a hard mission to come here and be a catalyst for other people. They're troopers. They came here to be almost like looked at to run away from instead of somebody to run away to. But understanding this in common language instead of, and then they do this, and then they do that, we demonize. And and some of my shows from the past, I still had a lot of hurt towards that behavior because I couldn't get far enough away to be objective but I get it, I get it, and just knowing that, okay, they're, they're like, there's like, you know, two operating systems, which one do you fall in, okay, we got it, now we know the characteristics, we know what's going on, it's become trans. very least, you know why you're banging your head against the wall, and you can make a decision that's as non-personal as the decisions they're making towards you, so that the energy exchange will match because the big flop in the whole thing is that the energy exchanges aren't exchanging the same language. So there's never going to be that common ground. You guys, I only have like 19 seconds left. I don't know where the time went. Thank you for coming in. Have a great weekend, a great Friday. I love Fridays. I will see you Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.